I can tell a story, quick one, and we can have a taste test. Okay. Because I have not actually tried this yet. Okay, what have you, what you got? What you bringing to the table? Um, it's that $7 whiskey that I told you about. Oh, Blakey boy, no. <laughs> it's an Evan Williams honey. Alright, okay, what's the color on it? What's the color look like? Honey. Alright, cool. And the, uh, the palette? What's the palette like? Honey. <laughs> what's up, honey? It's a honey. It's got a B on the bottle. <laughs> the, on the plastic bottle. Alright, alright. Take a little sip ski, and that could be our cold open. It's just you drinking nasty shit. Okay, hold on. I'm just gonna pour it. Okay. Get a little oh, bit. Oh, that's very. That is a very light amber color. It's very also. Ooh, it's very sweet. It smells. <coughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You're like there so is a- formaldehyde and sugar. Yeah. You're initially hit with a pleasing caramel waft, then is immediately tarnished by rubbing alcohol. Okay. Well, you've done this to yourself, and it's going down the gullet. And he does, he don't look happy, ladies and gentlemen at home. He don't look happy. Oh, that's not. Mmm. You know how they say antifreeze is kind of sweet, but it'll kill you? (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time. And I said it's for a low ladies and gentlemen of the congregation it's time for a load a load of bs that's right ladies and gentlemen can i get an amen for the greatest show of all time featuring the two best damn men in the entire world and i'm talking about he the b to the l-a-k-e that's right it's blake Oh, say it with me now. You got a little bit of that Easter spirit in you, huh? Oh, yeah, but I got the Easter spirit flowing through my veins. Too bad we're recording this a day after Easter. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and of course, Pastor S. The Scotty Moore. (laughs) Oh. So how's your week been, buddy, as a new apartment owner? Oh, I'm not in the apartment. Now yeah. I will be there for another almost two months. Ah, you'll be fine. It's okay. Oh, we just signed it. We got our move-in date, and I guess, you know, it's nice to know that you'll be living somewhere. Um, I've also been looking at my loans. I've been bringing those up, just seeing how much I owe and oh, it- crying. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. I prefer my version, which is looking at how much I pay, which is only zero dollars, because I don't make enough for the government to feel comfortable asking me for money yet. Yep. I'm going to be doing that income-based repayment soon, because uh, my friend Michael, who makes more than I do, just got a really good price compared to what he was paying on income-based, so, fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'm on income-based, and like I said, based on that income, the government's like... Fuck, dude, don't pay me. <laughs> Just keep your money. It's okay, dude. Fuck. The government 
feels bad taking money from you. Yeah, they're just like, man, you went to college, man. What the fuck? We thought you thought it'd be a much better return on our investment than that. <laughs> the Shit, IR- dude. The IRS just busts your door down one day. Scotty Moore, you're on our list. And then he looks and says, you owe us. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh. You make that much? I'm, I'm so, I'll put the door back. At, <laughs> here, here, I got 20 bucks in my wallet. Do you need this? Could I help you with this be good? <laughs> How do you live as a human being, Jesus? Oh, that's a very nice picture of your wife. Yeah. We we will repossess her as the government, and that will be your payment. Oh, and there's just three IRS people carrying her away yeah. in the background. Well, speaking of that, Blake, I'm now have I'm now fully in stepdad mode. I'm now fully becoming stepdad. Which means okay. I, which basically I'm realizing stepdad is essentially kind of also the role of an uncle. Where I'm just like, what's up, buckaroo? You want to go wrestle around in your room for a while? Yeah, that's, well, hold on. I don't know if I'd love hearing my uncle say that. I, uh... You want to go alone in your bedroom <laughs> and wrestle? I, I'm not gonna lie, I beat the shit out of that kid, dude. Like, he'll be running around, and then I'll just, like, grab him by the waist and German suplex him. Just like, yeah! God, I broke his neck! Well, the thing is, he's at this age now where it's not arrogance. It's just a matter of he will not accept if he loses. He just won't acknowledge it. But if he wins, he will not let you forget about it, even if it's not really winning. Oh, it's a good thing he's not related to you by blood, or he'd never get out of that. Yeah. So, like, there was, a, there was, there was a moment yesterday where I go, "Hey, buddy, come here, give me a hug," and he goes, "Okay, cool." And so this was after he had gotten in trouble. And anytime he gets in trouble, his mom actually punishes him, and then I beat him up. <laughs> and I was like, "Come here, buddy, give me a hug." And he goes, "Okay." He gives me a hug, and then I just like immediately scoop him up and just slam him onto the couch. And I'm like, I can't believe you fell for that. That's the oldest trick in the book, man. And then he stands up. He goes, hey, Scotty, give me a high five. And I went, all right. So I gave him a high five, and then he grabs my hand. And he's like, hi, you fell for it. And I'm like, did I? And then I just picked him up on my (laughs) shoulders and slammed him back down. That's some, that's some, that legit is some shit my uncle has pulled in the past when I was but a wee lad. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also learned, um, hey, don't hit, hit him with watermelons. <laughs> Who did you hit with a watermelon? The child. <laughs> How did that happen? So we went to Walmart to get groceries, and uh, I had been messing with him all day because he wanted to go to the toy section. He was like, oh, I'll go look at toys. I want to look at toys. And he was, like, bucking the cart. He was in the cart, so he was, like, standing up putting all of his weight forward and then sitting back so the cart would move forward. I find it weird that he had to beg because he should know by now that any trip to Walmart with you means you're going to go visit the toys. Yeah, but he wanted to look at normal toys. Meanwhile, I was just over there like, this is a really cool Chris Jericho action figure. I can't Uh, believe they still put out Chris Jericho action figures. Yeah, he was like, it was like a little tiny cutesy Chris Jericho. 
so he's bucking the cart, and I decide to let his momentum keep speeding us up and speeding us up and speeding us up. And then right before we got to the toys, I just grab the cart and sudden stop. And he falls on his back in the cart, legs up in the air. He's a toughin' though, it was fine. He was just like, Scotty, we're that right there, come on! And then I just slowly walked towards toys. I'm a good dad. I mean, you're a bad stepfather. Yeah, it's okay. Well... Then cut to, we get all of our stuff. I'm At one point, I do actually have to go into dad mode because he's getting too ri- rowdy. And I'm like, look, if, if you don't put that back, if you don't stop messing with that, you're not getting your toy. We're not going to do this. So I did No, dad- I'm sorry. I refuse to believe that your dad mode is anything normal and it's just you becoming your dad. Son? Son, let me tell you something right now. What in the world you doing with that whole milk cart? Boy, what are you doing? Boy, I swear. It's like the op- it's like the opening to a goofy movie. I'm just like, oh no. Emily, run, take the child. So we go to check out. And he's like leaning on the... I don't know what to call it other than the food escalator that brings the food to the person checking you out. Okay, that's fine. I'll allow it. He's like leaning against it, and I can't see what he's doing. And so I pick up the watermelon, and I bop him on the head with it. And it's not even the- it's not a hard bop! I flung this child 15 feet in the air down onto a mattress, and yet this is the one where he was like, Why would you do this? And he turns around, and I realize what had happened. I don't Mm -hmm. know if he was biting the food escalator, or his teeth were just close to it, but apparently the momentum of the watermelon... (laughs) Connecting with the head was enough for it to hurt his little baby teeth in a way that made me feel like a bad human being because I just hit a child with a watermelon. That's good because you should. I don't luck here. He wants the horseplay, and I (laughs) I horseplayed with a watermelon straight to his dome. You're the adult! You can't horseplay like a kid. Yeah, bullshit, I can't. I'm about <laughs> That's what makes them cry. All I can see is this that fucking vine where the kid's running and they throw a shovel at him, except it's me with a watermelon just yeeting it at the back of his head. Yep, that's how you kill the child with a watermelon. Also, uh, I will say this. I am going to publicly say I am not responsible for this before we get into it, but he did do a swear, and it's my favorite story I've ever heard about that young child. Okay. Because apparently he and his mom were driving to, I guess their grandma's house or something, and he was in the back seat and he goes, Mom, do I look like a house? And every time Emily tells that story, she just glosses over that sentence like it's just a normal fucking thing for a kid to say. 
And then he like messes up his hair after she says no. And he's like, do I look like a house no now? And she goes, no, you look like your dad. And then he just goes, fuck. <laughs> what did you just say? I said, fuck. That's what dad says. I was so I was like, this is my favorite thing that's ever happened in all of existence. It's just, fuck, mom, Jesus. <laughs> oh no, honey, you look like your dad. Fuck. Fucking damn it. Shit. Carolyn, come on. <laughs> that's wonderful. So. Good. Good child. He's good. Go- and the reason I'm having to publicly exempt myself from this is because I'm just like, they're going to come for me on this. They're going to Salem witch trial my ass out on this because I do. Let's see. Now four shows <laughs> where I use the fuck word repeatedly. And so I am public enemy number one on the fuck list. But I mm-hmm. never say fuck around the child, damn it. Well, it's because your body just exudes fuck. My bo- <laughs> I am nothing but fuck right here, baby. When someone walks, when I walk in a room, people stop and say "fuck." I'm like, I see you've seen me coming. Oh, it's more like oh fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's more like that. Well, uh, there's a there's a sliding scale. You're either one of those people that's like fuck, or you're the guy that's fucking. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. People all say fuck, but in different ways. So I walk in, some people are like, oh, fuck. Some people are like, oh, fuck. And then people just go, fuck. <laughs> so, Blakey T, this is uh, this is not a show about children and parenting. Hold on. Oh, oh, have you got a tale? No, I just want to, I just want to remind you of one thing. See, this is why I don't have all of these difficult family situations. This is why it's just me and my candles. <laughs> I just, my. Sad candle boy over here. I looked over here earlier today and I realized there's about half a dozen candles sitting over here in different stages of like being completely burnt. That's how I am with vape juice. Uh, how are you going to feel when your first candle says the F word? How are you going to treat that? Like, are you going to scold them or are you going to just let them be them? Oh, it already happened and I I am very sad to report that I crushed the candle with a watermelon. <laughs> watermelon at it but uh i hear it's the best way to punish children nowadays yes it is but uh blakey t this is not a show about parenting this is instead a show about creativity about letting the world know what's in our tiny little stupid minds and this week i don't not a lot well this week i don't want to propose an idea for a show or a movie i kind of want to give a service to all the people out there because I don't know if you've been on Twitter lately, but apparently a lot of people have never seen Game of Thrones. And, of course, the finale has started. Everyone's talking about it online, which may be the main reason I'm doing this bit is for the sweet, sweet SEO. But... True. Why don't we catch everybody up at home with Game of Thrones? Because, I mean, I... I know you and I, (laughs) we know Game of Thrones so well. Hey, hey, Scotty, could you rewind just a second and bring us back to that revelation of what we're doing? We're just going to teach the world Mm -hmm. about what happened in all six, seven, seven seasons of Game of Thrones before, Mm. before this. Fuck! (laughs) Ugh. 
So, okay. okay, let's start with season one. You've got... You've uh, got Boromir. Bor- <laughs> Boromir is there, and he's just this fancy boy, and he's the king, and everyone's just so horny for Boromir. Boromir, of course, he blows his horn all the time. He really wants that ring, but he knows he can't have it. Yes, and then episode one, you know this show has a lot of death in it. Boromir gets stabbed in the dick, and then he's taken by Ned Stark, who is of course the king of the uh, the king of the thrones. That's what oh, his title is. Oh, I'm so is. sorry, Scotty. I forget that you don't know who Boromir is. Nope, it doesn't matter though because he's dead after the first episode. Yeah. Okay, that's not the joke we were making, but okay. Oh, it's Lord of the Rings, I know, because you said some shit about, I don't know, fuck. So anyways, then... (laughs) It's because Ned Stark is Sean Bean, and Sean Bean is Boromir, so... So then he makes a, uh, 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 (laughs) then he makes a leap to another dimension, and he prays that it's the leap home. You know, like Sean Bean does in his hit series. Uh Uh-huh. And, Galaxy um, Quest. Uh, the weirdest thing is Sean Bean's son, his bastard son, Indiana Jones, is there. No, 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 no. The bastard son is Shia LaBeouf. He was Indiana Jones, and then Shia LaBeouf shows up. He's and... the new. Sh- he's the new Indiana Jones. His name is Mutt Williams. His oh fuck, was that his name? That's yes, such... it was. So, um. Old old Boromir dies in the first episode, and now it's this big old battle to figure out who's going to be the next king of, which is king, king of the land, which is of course known as uh of Thronesville. <laughs> it's really crazy how at the end of the first episode they cement just how buck wild this is going to be when um, Shia LaBeouf pushes his younger brother Michael Sarah off yes. of a big wall. And uh, what what's actually revealed in... I guess we can kind of skip around seasons. In season three, it's revealed that Michael Sarah was a very... You remember uh, the plant they had that looked exactly like Padme in episode one, I believe? And then she gets assassinated, but then it's revealed she's not the real queen. Yeah, Padme. it's actually the plant from Little Shop of Horrors. No, no, I was going to say they did a similar thing because Michael Sarah was never actually the brother of Mutt Williams. It was actually Jesse Eisenberg the whole time. And so Jesse comes back and tries to fight his brother for dominance. Mm-hmm. Which is also very strange because Jesse comes back after like spending some time with uh lord heisenberg lord high okay look we dominant this, domain of the west i hate to be the one to do this but we've got to get back on some thread of genuine thought because right now we are just vomiting words in our audience and yeah this is basically what recapping game of thrones is like anyway <laughs> okay so after after old Boromir... Scotty, we can do as good of a job, like, doing what we're doing here, just throwing shit at the wall, and it will probably be as coherent as Game of Thrones is. <laughs> yeah, so Boromir uh, dies, and now there's a quest to become King of Splitsville, the bowling alley. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, glad you got us back on track. Yes, exactly. And so uh, it, it's really a quest between these uh, a, seven... Eight kingdoms. To defeat Lord Voldemort. To defeat Lord Voldemort and take back... Well, that's the thing. 
they have this big wall around the outside that helps keep Lord Voldemort out. So you don't really think about Lord Voldemort until, like, later seasons when the wall comes crashing down because Chris Jericho arrives. (laughs) Exactly. Jericho is Lord Voldemort's, like, right-hand man. Exactly, and his job is to break the walls down. (laughs) So, but let's stick with the first season. You've got your, uh, there's eight kingdoms, but we really only focus on three. You've got the one kingdom that is led by uh Shia LaBeouf the cold boys <laughs> the cold boys is the eighth kingdom then <laughs> uh then you've got the one led by Shia and his um and his demi dogs <laughs> actually no they're the hulk dogs you yeah remember? they're just real big dogs no it's the fucking dog from the mask he puts on the mask it's just a bunch of them <laughs> it's just a lot of them he had more and- masks created the funny thing is, Voldemort doesn't want to, like, rule the kingdom. He just wants his fucking mask back. Exactly. So he could become the mask again and just ha cha around town. <laughs> He's really mad without the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Another one of our kingdoms is led by Harley Quinn, who uh, actually gets real ha- horny for the leader of another kingdom, who, uh, I mean, we know him personally. What's up, motherfuckers? It's me, leader of the horny boy kingdom, Momoa Curry. Of course, who is on the the fishy islands. I'm on the fishy islands, and I'm gonna fuck you up. And uh, that's... I love it when he brings his, like, ocean armies onto the land, and it's... They bring it out to be this amazing moment, but, like, half of his army dies as soon as they get out because they're fish. Because they're fish! He does somehow find elephants, though, which uh, Harley Quinn gets very upset about. Elephish. I think that's a joke from Game of Thrones. I'm trying to get the fans on our side at this point. Um... Okay, who's who's gonna bring in the dragons? Because that's that's the big thing that they want in Game of Thrones, right? We still haven't seen the dragons yet, right? Yeah, the dragons haven't come in yet. That's Harley Quinn's deal. She wants to summon Mister J and his dragon fleet. Oh, so Mister J- <laughs> Mister J, Lord of Dragons, <laughs> Mister J, the Lord of Dragons. And so, at the end of season one, we find Boromir is dead, and no one's left to take the kingdom. And then, everyone's trying to wonder about, like, who's gonna take the throne, who's gonna take the throne, who's gonna take the throne. And then, just a a baby, (laughs) a baby is put on the Iron Throne, and he takes it, and everyone's like, that's a baby, why is he up there? And then the baby orders someone to get decapitated, and everyone's really fucked up about it. Because it's the boss baby. Yes, it's the boss, actual the boss baby appears, and that's the end of season one, is the boss baby taking the uh, throne, which shocked many viewers, including myself, because he was not brought up until that point. Yep. And what's even more amazing is they killed him off first episode season two. That's right. They killed him off and now... They poisoned that motherfucker. And season two was kind of weird because instead of doing like the show normally, it became more of a RuPaul's Drag Race style elimination series. 
to determine who would take the Iron Throne. throne. And uh, at the end, Harley Quinn wins a lip sync battle against Shia LaBeouf to take the throne. And that's when uh, Harley and Mr. J. See, that was actually a really cool scene, I thought, because it seemed like Shia was dominating the lip sync. And then, much like she had promised the whole season, Mr. J and his dragons show up, and they also all start lip-syncing It's Raining Men. And that was the moment that you saw RuPaul just be like, you better fucking work, bitch! And that's when she won. It really, it was really sad. It was, especially because everyone else gets exiled after that, and they have to rely on Aslan, the talking lion, to save them. Exactly. Um, so that's that's kind of season three, is they all end up on the island of misfit toys. With the talking with, lion. With and the he's talking like, lion who's just like, why are you here? I am a Christ allegory, do you believe in me? <laughs> and then they crucify the lion. I already happened, bitch. I came back. And they eat, they take his meat, and then when he comes back, they kill him again for his meat, because they are starving. He said, it's okay, baby, I could do this as long as you want. Yep, and so then, uh, like, it was like five episodes of more of a Survivor-style show, where they're just trying to survive on this island, while, meanwhile, miles away, you got to see what Harley Quinn and Mr. J were doing to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And they were just wondering how to get off the island, and then one day you just heard. And fucking Captain Jack Sparrow says, somebody's like, Hello, everybody, I understand that you need to get back to your ship or kingdom. I'm not sure I'm real fucking drunk on rum. Why do I sound like Momoa Curry? And then, thing I remember, I was in the Caribbean. I was in the Caribbean. It's me, Jack Sparrow. I'm also... And Tim Curry's there, too. <laughs> I'm his brother. And so Jack Sparrow and Tim Curry lead, uh, lead everyone back, the heads of the other seven kingdoms back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is just perfect timing, because this is when Voldemort starts his assault, right? Yeah, this is about the time Voldemort starts trying to break down the wall, but just nothing's getting past it, nothing's mm-hmm. getting past it, and of course at the end of the season, you see Chris Jericho show up and like look at Voldemort and be like, I want to make a deal. Because Chris Jericho was originally the jester of the court of Harley Quinn, which was ironic. And uh, he fires him. And right as he's about to die, he may like right as they're about to execute him, he makes this really daring escape. And then he goes and makes a deal with Voldemort. Cause he's one of the only people that knows the secrets of breaking walls down. Cause his name's Jericho. Exactly. And so that's the end of season three cut to season four. I mean, we're flying through this baby. It's only yeah. like halfway through. That's the, um, what was that? What season was that? I can't remember off the top of my head. They all kind of blend together for me. It was kind of weird because this season focused on like all of the secondary characters. Like you got to see what uh, what Frodo and the gang were up to. Exactly. Kind of... But it was shot in a really interesting way. It was kind of like a multi cam sitcom where you saw sit down interviews with Frodo, where he was just like. I don't know. I just I don't understand why they wanted me to take the ring up to the Shire. I mean, I mean, I, it's just kind of weird. And then like Voldemort would come in and be like, "I've got this mug. It says number one wizard. 
I bought it from the best. I put my soul in this mug. Literally. This is me, Voldemort. Oh, wait, not Voldemort. Then one day, uh, they realize that Voldemort's there, and uh, fucking, he's mad because he's like, he thinks he's a better wizard than me. (laughs) And so they all decide to form a ninth kingdom that, of course, leads an assault, and this was a really depressing end to a season because... Because all the hobbits die. Literally all the secondary characters die, so we're left with nothing but the heads of the kingdoms. Uh, Except for one, and it's a character who's always kind of been a fan favorite from the beginning. He's just this little intelligent drunkard. And it is, of course, Mini-Me from the Austin Powers series. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just running around doing his old funny antics. Yeah. I mean, he's been around for most of the stuff until now, but now he's just a really, really big character. Exactly. So, like, he was the one who led the secondary characters on their assault. And, uh, he... They got blown up by blue fire. Exactly. And Mr. J, like, they kill everybody, and Mr. J's like, no. Leave this one alive. And so... (laughs) (laughs) so, I'm Mark Hamill's joker, too! (laughs) I'm all the jokers, baby! Look at my weird tattoos! I thought that was really amazing that they let Mark Hamill be a live-action version of Mr. J, even though he's old as hell. Exactly. So that's the end of... Well, that's the funny thing, is season five really starts to see the redemption arc for Mr. J, because Harley Quinn now is starting to get a lot more power, like, power-hungry, and, like, trying to really claim the throne for herself and not for herself and Mr. J. And there's that really emotional scene, I think it's season five, episode three, where Mr. J walks to a mirror and you see him wipe off his makeup and then he walks out and he challenges his queen to a duel with a lightsaber because he was Luke Skywalker the whole time. Yep. Is that, is, that's when he gets his nose lopped off, right? Yes, yes. He loses his nose. Oh my God. Yes. He loses his nose and the rest of the season is just typical Game of Thrones, like fighting back and forth bullshit. I believe Momoa Curry dies in the show because Momoa Curry wanted more money for his contract and instead they just decided to kill him off, which he was very pissed about. Um, It's true. But really, I think the crux of this season and the best thing about it was at the end where it's revealed that uh, Luke Skywalker discovers a time machine. And he vows to get revenge on his queen, and he goes back in time and studies in the dark arts of mm-hmm. magic. Yeah, right. That's when he becomes the Dark Lord. He becomes the Dark Lord Voldemort and wants to fuck it, fuck up the queen. So now we're on to season six, which I believe is right. Which is really funny because you don't see it until that moment, but you realize, oh, Voldemort and the Mr. J are just the same person. They're just um and so also she breaks his lightsaber that's why he has to learn magic instead of lightsabering that's why he's so good at magic it's the force fuck of course it's the force the force can do everything except for break down that wall exactly and that's when chris jericho finally steps up and that's the end of season six like what fucking season are we in now what's the is it season eight or season seven it's season Oh, fuck me, dude. I don't even know, and I've been keeping up with it. I mean, I, well, I mean, we do host the world's premier Game of Thrones podcast, Shame of Thrones. 
True. That's where we just shame each other for how much we don't know about it. No, yes, it is uh, It is season eight we're on. It's season eight? Okay, well, season six really... That really didn't matter. It felt like it was kind of just a bunch of episodes of getting to know the characters. It was kind of an Age of Ultron backstory kind of thing. And there was a lot of, like, really quick cuts and traveling. Yeah, that was about it. It was actually... <laughs> I mean, I've taken looks at the footage, and it did look like just footage from someone's real real play of Skyrim, and they just decided to make that season six. Uh, cut to season seven. Now we've got uh, Momoa Curry, who's, of course, dead. We've still got the main throne, which is held by Harley Quinn. We've got Voldemort on the outside, who, of course, we now know is Luke Skywalker. And we have Shia LaBeouf, who I guess has just been, like, jerking off in the fucking woods for the past eight seasons because we've ignored him. That's kind of what he... He sits on top of the wall for a long time. Uh Uh-huh. And then he comes back and... I'm trying to compare this to real Game of Thrones, so I guess he just starts fucking Miss, Miss Harley Quinn, and then uh, that's that season's entire arc is kind of more of a romantic comedy type deal. Oh wait, yeah. no, no, that's right. Sorry, I forgot about this. I was more thinking about the ending. It's more like The Bachelor, where uh, Harley Quinn has since lost her Mister J, so she needs a new king. So she brings eight eligible bachelors to her home to determine which one will become the new king. And, and then she just starts giving out roses, except it, the roses mean you die. Uh huh. And also at the end, there's a wedding, and it's all red, and nothing bad happens at all. And uh, it's of course between Shia LaBeouf and Harley Quinn, and that takes It's us actually, in- a lot of people mispronounce it because it's very red, but it's actually called the Bread Wedding. Oh, that's right, and they had all the carbs, and everyone at the end was just like, I feel like death! Yep, that's because, that's why nothing happens. Like, everybody eats so much that the three assassination attempts that were planned, like, irreverent of each other, yeah. just all fail, because they all fall asleep. Yep, and that's uh, that's the end of season seven after The Bachelor, and that leads us to the few episodes we've gotten of season eight so far, where it's revealed that Shia LaBeouf was actually, um, actually the nephew of Harley Quinn all along, and uh, that that's really and it's showing that he has claim to the throne, which upsets Harley, and so now I think there's going to be a battle between them. There's also apparently well, first they have to defeat Voldemort first, or be defeated by Voldemort. We're not really sure. Yeah, one of those two things happen, and also there's been a weird pro wrestling storyline going on between like two brothers the whole time. Undertaker and Kane have been having just like this own storyline <laughs> throughout the whole series, and they're everyone's waiting for him to quest and battle <laughs> each other. But I forgot about Taker Bowl. Yes, <laughs> Taker Bowl's coming. And that's who do you think's gonna win? Who do you think's gonna win Taker Bowl? I don't know. Taker it's gotta be Taker, right? I don't know. I think Chris Jericho's gonna come in and interfere and take them both out because I think Taker Bowl's gonna be a hell in a cell and he throws both of them off the top. Oh, that might be true. <laughs> Just right into the water. Yeah, yes, exactly. So Blake Tanner, we've uh, we've done it. We've recapped the entire first seven seasons of Game of Thrones for our audience. And I think it's only fair that we get some compensation for it. So let's go to the shill station. Ding, ding. Scotty, 
Do you think the people that are listening here like us? I mean, we did really just fuck up their eardrums. We just kind of gave them a Meet the Spartans-style version of Game of Thrones for 20 (laughs) minutes. We did, and people don't even like the normal versions of those because they're bad. I, it's the first argument I ever had with a friend was she was just like, you need to come see this. And I'm like, no, it's a garbage dookie film for bad people. And she's like, but it's not about the film. It's about a bonding experience with your friends. And I'm like, suck a dick. I don't want to bond with you over this. And if you want a bonding experience with us, the BS, you should support us. Most, mostly on Patreon.com slash a load of BS. Patreon.com slash a load of BS? What's that? Patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's where you can become a patron of the BS. You can support us monetarily. You can leave likes or comments on our iTunes page or wherever else we put this podcast out on. Where's that, Scotty? Well, you just kind of threw that shit out, didn't you? You're like, I don't, I don't know where that is, but I wanted to let people know they could support us without money or give us money. Oh yeah, you can like it. Okay, if you don't want to support us monetarily, you can by leaving a like on the YouTube video, comment, leave a review on iTunes. But fucking give, give us, us money. This is the Shill Station. We want money here. Ding ding, baby. And- <laughs> you could, if you want to pay a dollar, you could be our special Patreon, baby. Who are some Patreon babies? We don't have... Here's the thing. We Oh, wait, hold on. Salty Frank is a uh, Patreon baby. That's right. Salty yeah. Frank's one of our Patreon babies, but he's one of the few Patreon babies we have because most people want to upgrade to that $5 slot mm-hmm. where they get access to the BS raffle that we still need to actually do this year sometimes. And uh, we get you get access to our Discord where you get shouted out, and then you can get shouted out on the show of your choice, like Salty Frank, like the Patreon Saints themselves, my mom and my dad. And, of course, you get access to me and Blake's stupid, dumb show for bad people. You paid for this, where we watch terrible movies and commentate over them. We're about to record Ready to Rumble with Dylan, our Fight Boys co-host, because it's WrestleMania season, even though WrestleMania is over. So, if you want that, you can get it at patreon.com slash a load of BS. But what if they want to support, but also get something really dope out of it? They could head to merch.aloadofpurebs. That's where we got shirts. We got shirts. We got cups. We got cups. And now we got posters. You could have some. We could just put a drop a load on your wall. Just put a thick load on your oh, wall. Oh no! Stop. A thick poster load. There's ones of me and Blake. There's one with me without a beard, which is uncomfortable for me, but I'm st- it's still up there. Uh, we've got some We got some really dope posters. If you followed our arc where we fought the podcast Illuminati, you can get a Join the Podcast Illuminati poster. Um, I'm trying to remember them all. I made a lot. You can get the really, really garbage Stranger Things shirt that Blake brought up last week. I don't want them to get that. As a matter of fact, don't look at that. Don't go to merch.alotofpurebs.com and just look under the BS tab all the way at the bottom, second from the bottom, actually. And don't just don't look at that garbage piece. (laughs) That bad, that just ass on a shirt. What do you mean? What do you mean? You don't think that's just beauty? My accurate portrayal of what my face looks like on that shirt. 
<laughs> you're, supposed, you're supposed to look terrified. You're spooked, boy, because it's Stranger Things. I'm spooked, boy. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Blake's favorite thing on the website is... BS Boozy Sippy Cup, because it's so it's an insulated wine glass, but you don't have to keep your wine in it. it you keep whatever you want in it. I don't think you keep the wine, you just kind of drink the wine, but that's fine, I guess. Uh, you need a receptacle to keep the wine in, you're not just going to put it in your hands. <laughs> just slip it out your hands. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the following event is scheduled for one clusterfuck. And is set to occur in Birmingham, Alabama. Introducing first, he is the bearded man from the Badlands, the absolute Badlands, Scotty Moore! And in the other corner, sporting the modest, plaid on plaid on plaid, the man with the plaid crown, the plaid is plaid on the plaid, the man who knows nothing about wrestling and everything about plaid, the lake. Tenor. I'm sorry, was I supposed to do something there? I thought this was just you two. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, that's Dylan. Hey, and Dylan. Then, <laughs> and we are the Fight Boys, and it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Make sure to check us out, because when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life! Alright, Blake Tanner. We're we're already getting sued by the Game of Thrones creators for revealing all of their secrets in one episode. But uh, what did you bring to the table for us to think about this week? Well, Scotty, I was really just kind of grinding my gears over this tonight, just thinking about what we could do. And I thought, instead of actually creating an idea for a show or something, much like you, I was struck by inspiration because... I walked in to my house today, and on the television, in the living room, there was an episode of Duck Dynasty playing. Okay. And, uh, you know, they got their problematic granddad and everything, but the concept of the show I really liked, because it's like, it's these, it's this family of people who live in the swamps that just make duck calls, which are really niche-like things, but they make a lot of money doing it. So what you're suggesting is a show about people who make a really niche thing that make money off of it, which leads... No, I wanted to make our own really niche thing, but I kind of like your idea. Which leads to me to propose the BS Network version of The Office, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a heavy metal guitar. That's not the office thing. Because my mine is going to be, if we do do this, I want an office like a division that specially makes strange scented candles. Okay, so wait, what you're proposing is instead of it being about, it, it is still a reality television program. It's just a matter of you can never figure out through the whole series what the fuck that they do? <laughs> so like, there's a scene. There's a scene where a guy comes in and is just like, "Hey man, I found this uh, this old collection of Pokemon cards. I was wondering how much I could get from it." And you're like, "Hold on one second. And then you go in the back and start working on a motorcycle. 
I know a guy. I know a guy. And he to fix this motorcycle. <laughs> fix your motorcycle. What do you mean? I, I brought this in to get appraised. Fuck you. I'm about to make you a motorcycle made out of Pokemon cards, Hope boy. you love this motorcycle, boy. And then the dude gets mad and he walks out. And he storms out onto his airboat and goes to shoot some alligators. Yes, exactly. But he leaves the Pokemon cards behind. And yep. uh, our main guy... What's our main character? Who's the guy who owns our shop? Um, uh, It's gotta be... It's gotta be Rick. Rick is definitely the first name. I think Rick is like... I think it is the Rick from Pawn Stars. It just is Rick. It's just Rick. Yep. But I think that he's just... He's one of the main characters. He's like... Rick, he's kind of a wild card. He's like your Dwight Schrute's. Oh, okay. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, here's my idea. We take the main dude from 12 different reality all of teams, them from all of them you put them in one house and each week they get eliminated oh my god and it's todd chrisley's house it's definitely yes chrisley knows best baby and he takes the i want a scene of the network just like knocking on his door one day and chrisley being coming out it's like oh hey y'all didn't know we were recording you didn't know we were bringing the cameras out. Didn't know the new season starts. Shut up, Todd. Meet Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. <laughs> and that's old Cy from Duck Dynasty. He's not dead yet, but he's close. He's getting there. He wants to do it in your house. He wants to die on your toilet. Yep. And the weird thing, we're the producers. Yeah, we're the ones there. Here's my idea. Here's what I like. Instead of it being an elimination-style show... Instead, it's just showing how these 12 very different personalities get along. Because I actually, can can instead be the grandpa from Duck Dynasty? Because I want to see him interact with Todd Chrisley. I need to see that. Yeah, boy. It'll be the first televised hate crime. But um, (laughs) the show is essentially... They, you see how they interact with each other, but throughout the 12 episodes of the series, they go and do the thing that one of them are, like, one of them do. So, um, main tat, I, I believe his name is the Count of Count's Customs, the motorcycle show. His, that is his name, and he does start, if you've never seen the show, he does start every, every show with one motorcycle, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So Dracula one day is just like, I'm going to teach y'all how to make motorcycles. And then then, uh, you get to see how each of the people would react to, like, having to work on a motorcycle. And then one, like, Todd Chrisley teaches them how to be rich in Nashville, Tennessee, I guess. I'm not really sure. Well, I guess that is all Chrisley does, isn't it? It really is. Uh, class, it, not ass. Thank you, class, not ass. That's what he teaches them. Um, who? Okay, who do we want? Who are our cast members? We've got Cy, we've got the Count, we've got Chrisley, and we've got Rick Harrison. I only know, like, reality shows that were popular five to ten years ago, so... 
Did you? Why don't we get the American pickers in there? Fuck uh, it. Oh fuck yes. Well, no, just one of them. And like you know how like sometimes in the middle of a a, a a series like that you get a video from the family. Instead, you get a video from the other American picker, just being like, "Man, I miss you so much. I can't wait till we can get back out on the road and just start going again. Me and I you. I need your help, bud." I need your help. Wait, no, that's the beginning of the episode, is he calls to the picker, saying, like, I need your help. And that's when all 12 of them go out and start picking. Picking. And who, oh, shit. And whoever picks the most wins. And then the grandpa does commit another hate crime, probably. <laughs> grandpa does, because they do it in San Diego. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, that's actually saved for the Queer Eye for the Straight Guy episode, which he is not comfortable with at which all. Which that dude is going to do another crime. He is going to do some. I like to think the opposite. I like to think this is his redemption, where everyone's like, oh, this is going to be it. This is going to be where it pops off. In the first part of the episode, he's very uncomfortable. And then... He's also RuPaul's there. <laughs> then, <laughs> of course. And then that's when he's just like, I've never felt more like myself. Yes. And then he just walks down the runway and is killing it. And he finally understands that everything he's been pent up is just, it's a projection of himself. Exactly. And he realizes he is the class and the ass. He is the classic. Because everyone thought Chrisley was going to win that episode, but no. Grand- Grandpa Piss kicks it out of the park. <laughs> okay. My favorite thing is how it ends with Survivor. Just all of them on the Survivor Island. Exactly. They wake up and their beds have been moved to the island from Survivor. It is like you gotta get out somehow, and then okay. I still want okay. So we've got the one of the American pickers, Rick Harrison, <laughs> Grandpa Shithead. I'm gonna say, um, oh man, I'm trying to think of which of the judges from RuPaul's Drag Race I want on for the RuPaul episode. I think I want Ross Matthews because he seems more likely to be uh t- to cause some more shit. Um they wanted Kim Kardashian to be on it but she costs way too much so they get a cardboard cut out of her. Yeah, there is just a cardboard cut out of Kim Kardashian on a fucking Walmart style RC car that moves around. <laughs> and then there's an episode where the cast of the Jersey Shore assaults the Chrisley Manor, and our intrepid gang has to repel them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Snooky one, smush, smush. Kim Kardashian cut out, like, comes out, and it looks like she's offering a peace offering, and then it pans around, and she's got a bomb strapped to the back of the RC car. And that's what almost kills Todd Chrisley. Exactly. No, no, no. It does kill the Kim Kardashian cardboard cutout, and it's an emotional ending to that. To just being like, this is this is how she wanted to go. I think <laughs> is how this cardboard <laughs> cutout wanted to go. Oh, is hey Hell's Kitchen is a reality show, right? Don't do this to me. I'm starting to think, and this is genuinely, it's genuinely a good idea. The only difference is we don't put the reality stars on there. Instead, it's eight normal people who are 
the most average human beings on Earth, and we put them through the rigors of, like, every reality show ever to make them test their metal. So every episode is a new reality show. Exactly. So, like, one episode, Marie Kondo shows up and is just like, we need to help fix this house. It is so messy. You have to apologize to your clothing and then throw it away and set it on fire. And actually, she she just ends it with saying, no, you just have to apologize. <laughs> For what you've done, Todd. Because Todd Chrisley is still there. Oh, Todd, all of the main characters are still there in the mansion. Yeah, okay, okay. Which is great because you get to see all of them interact with each other, and it really does make for an emotional defense of the manor from the cast of the Jersey Shore. Well, see, that's my thing. I'm starting to think this could be an elimination. Got it! I just got it! What it is, you have eight normies with no skills and eight pros. And I know this sounds like the original version of NXT, on WWE, but it's mm-hmm. not. Because instead, they each get a pro who's skilled in a different thing. So one of them gets Todd Chrisley. One of them gets Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. One of them gets RuPaul. One of them gets American Picker Man. Um, one, <laughs> one definitely gets Grandpa Shit. And Grandpa Shit is very mean to him through the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um... So you you throw in a, a Gordon Ramsay in there. Oh, Gordon's Gordon's in there. The Miz is there. <laughs> the Miz is there for some. And the Miz is there with Daniel Bryan, which is really weird. No, no, no. That's and something the, only that's the, wrestlers would get. No, see, that's the thing. The Miz was a reality TV star, and this is about make. This is America's next top reality TV star. Is what we're was, doing, sir. He is. Oh, Miz and Mrs. Miz and Mrs. is a thing. You are correct. <laughs> so what's the name? I know I said America's next top reality TV star, but I feel like we could do better than that. It's just a picture of like all of the main reality show people. <laughs> okay. And they're all just there on the cover in really disjointed fashions. Like their pictures are all mismatched. And the title just says fuck. <laughs> the title is Ah, no, the title is, you have to pronounce it correctly, FUCK! (laughs) FUCK! Um, I like that idea. Um, oh wait, no, 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 it's actually hosted by Eminem and the title is Snap Back to Reality, Finding America's Next Top Reality TV Star. Aw, that's fine. I was gonna ask if it could be hosted by Chris Harrison, the host of The Bachelor, because that would make it perfect. Well, no, because then Rick Harrison would get confused and the whole time he'd be like, Am I you? Are you me? <laughs> What's going on here? You know, Chris and Rick are, uh... Twin. Good buddies. They're twins. They're dads. They're, d- <laughs> They're both dads to the same child. <laughs> okay, so I'm liking this. The host is, of course, the host of Chris Harris. Chris Harris, Cowboy Chris Harris from Wrestling. Yep, and then uh, Cowboy Bebop. And then Cowboy Bebop is also okay. Now we're just doing the Game of Thrones segment again. I mean, <laughs> it's like we had a. Uh, what, what about Cowboy Curtis? We had a very, very good idea, and then it went away. Now here's the thing, though. I think we can't have it be based on skill, because that does not a good reality TV show make. 
Oh, you mean it should be based off of bullshit, like, viewers call in and vote. Exactly. Well, not like that. It's just based on, like, I don't know, showing how much drama you're able to cause during the thing. Oh, so everything that's wrong with reality TV shows, I gotcha. <laughs> exactly. So, like, during the motorcycle repair one, if somebody, like, picks up a motorcycle and flings it, at the end there's, like, five judges who are very experienced with reality TV, and they're like, that was too much. That's not believable. You gotta go... You gotta and it's go. the Shark Tank people. It's the Shark Tank people! <laughs> they're like, I'm willing to buy and sell you after that. Because, like, here's the thing. Reality TV is not real yeah but like there's a skill to it almost like you can't go too over the top but you can't go too light otherwise people won't be interested in you so it's a matter i of will testing. say with reality shows you can go too over the top but you just have to keep it at that level class not that's how class. that's some of my favorite reality shows yeah. It's when they're constantly over the top and stupid. And just so bad. Just stupid. And those are the best. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. I'm really enjoying Snap Back to Reality, Finding America's Next Time. This, I really get mad. Because sometimes we come up with ideas on this dumb show. And then I, at the end, I'm like, Fuck, that's a really good idea. Shit, okay. Like, we couldn't use the IP. We couldn't say, this is Hell's Kitchen. But we could say, this is generic cooking show with angry British man. Yeah. We can use their names. What? Well, no, no, Go, like... The people know the names. We'll say it's not on Fox. That means we can't get Gordon Ramsay, because Gordon wouldn't appear on a competing network. So that means... No, he, that's, he would if it's streaming. So that means we could just get some generic, angry British man to come out and scream at them. <laughs> hey, this is Larry. He owns a pawn shop down the road. Yeah, this is Greg. This is Greg Harrison. <laughs> and for the final episode we just have sean bean so he can teach us how to die <laughs> he teaches us how to end what would be okay all jokes aside we're producing this show what needs to be the season finale episode i'm still feeling that survivor Sur episode survivor does sound really fucking good right yeah, and it could be e it could even be like one of those fucking super episodes, like a two hour long episode. No, <laughs> it's just D and D. They just play D and D for an hour with Matt Mercer. With Matt Mercer, and it's whoever can cause the most drama during that. Oh God, I don't think we could get Matt Mercer to do that. Okay, so I'm thinking we got to change the name. It's got to involve the word trauma now, so people know what they're getting into. Cause I'm total drama. Island. No, damn it! I was <laughs> thinking that, and I went, "Oh, damn it! That's already a thing." Yes, it is. It's uh, drama, mamas. Drop. Drama, drama, mean. Oh, I want I want it to be called drama, mamas, but all the promotional material is just posters of the different hosts, just like dressed up as mamas. Okay, or uh, little drama boys. <laughs> Chrisley would be the little drama boy. He's huh? the little drama boy. Um, we have to have Chrisley to make this work, don't we? we? I'm just realizing this. Chrisley is the host, and also 
he's the host in two ways. He's the host of the show itself, but also his home is playing host to all of the people trapped in one home. We do need his big house. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time, because, like, sometimes on reality TV shows, the most interesting characters get kicked off because they're just bad at what they've done. Um, So this time, this show is based all around just who the most interesting person is. Okay, fair. Yep, exactly. As long as we don't keep, like, the actual... I don't want to have the evil character in, quote-unquote, like the titular heel... You need a heel, though. You need a bad guy character to balance out your good guy characters to help. Yeah, but all of them in reality shows are horrible. They're so fucking bad! They're so... Uh, I'm sorry, there's been a few on this season of RuPaul, and I just want to go off right now. And it's just like, it's not bad in the way that you enjoy them being evil. It just makes you mad. Fucking silky nutmeg ganache, I'm coming for your ass. I got Don't you, you buddy. Dare it's talk okay, about Evie Oddly, that fucking hey. goddess. How dare you? Okay, bud. It's you okay. come from Brooklyn Heights, you come for me, and I fucking slap back hard, you bitch. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Oh. I'll just let you have that. So Drama Mamas <laughs> premiering this fall on FX. And Hulu. And Hulu and also Prime Video Streaming. Someone will probably rip it to YouTube, I guess. And also HD DVD. <laughs> straight to video. It's stra- It's the first ever straight to video television show. Like VHS video. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, we've created quite possibly the greatest reality TV show of all time. We've recapped uh, the greatest, what many people call one of the greatest TV shows of all time. But now, Blake Tanner, I have to ask you, what was awesome this week? Fucking sushi. Jesus Christ, you just, usually you think about it, but you slap back with that shit hard. I'm slapping, because I love sushi, I love that fish rolled up in rice. Okay. Can you, okay, as a boy who does not eat sushi. You don't eat fish. I'm going to give you the next two minutes to sell me on sushi. Okay. So, I want you to imagine this lovely and surprisingly tasty, fluffy little bed of rice. And then just a slice of nice little fish. It's raw, yes, but it brings out a nice tangy flavor in the Uh fish. And it doesn't taste like you'd imagine a really fishy piece of fish to taste. I, yeah, I was thinking, when I think about sushi, I think, like, salty, kind of, because fish. Yeah, there's a, there can be a little bit, but surprisingly not as much as you'd think. Like, okay. in, if you're thinking of just a straight piece of nigiri, which is, like, the little bed of rice with just fish on top of it, not very salty, but still very flavorful. Like, there's a, there's a very umami flavor to that fish, just because it's raw. That you don't get when a lot of it's cooked. Can I? Uh, okay, this is this is gonna. I know this is gonna be a very difficult thing for you to do, but can you compare the taste of it to anything that I may have consumed? I can't because it's so unique, but it's also not offensive at all. Okay. Um, it's D- very. 
it's very satisfying is the way that I like to put it. And there are a lot of different roles that can be made in sushi. A lot of it is in your tra- like the way that we think about sushi where you put a bed of rice out, you put some fish in the middle of it, you put some different ingredients. It could be avocado, it could be uh fucking cucumber sliced up, it could be cream cheese if you you're into that. I'm not. And then you just roll that up. And you cut it into little pieces. And you roll it. What's, what is the seaweed? What's the deal with the seaweed? Because, like, what's the, it taste like? What's the dealio? Seaweed can be a little divisive. Because if you use too much of it, seaweed has that very, like, fishy flavor. And it's yeah. just seaweed. But if you use the right amount, then you're getting a lot of, like, once again, more s- salty and umami flavors to kind of help accentuate everything else that's in the roll. Now, what about gas station sushi? Where do you fall on that? Whatever floats your boat, baby. You're like, hey, go fuck yourself. That's how I landed in the hospital. Yep. Did I ever tell you about the time that I bought frozen sushi? Uh, with Elsa on it? I don't think so. I don't know if Elsa was on it. Wait, oh, I... Because okay. cause frozen? Yeah, I, I know. Frozen. I, I get, I'm it's sorry. Pro- okay. Uh, I did buy frozen sushi once, though, and it was horrible because you have three ways to prepare it. One, let it sit in the refrigerator for six hours. Don't have time for that. Two, let it sit in water for about an hour. Okay, that does not tri- sound like it would make the sushi better. Yeah. It's it's while it was still, it's still sealed in the plastic, but you put it, you submerge it in water. Yeah. And you let it come to, like, room, like, not room temperature, but... But defrosted. Yeah, I've done that to defrost, like, chicken before. And you pull it out after the time that it tells you to do it, and it's still frozen, and it's not good. So you do the third method, which is warming it up in the microwave, which is the worst thing you could do. So what you're saying is you bought that frozen sushi and then just kind of let it go? Uh, yeah, I did yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I let it go. I I did cook it and I ate a few pieces and I got to about through the third one where half of the sushi was frozen and half of the piece was like warm, yeah. like too warm for you to want to eat your fish. Sushi, yeah, your sushi fish. So that was the experience with that, but that's not that's not what happens if you get it fresh like I do. Yeah. You get a fresh at any nice little restaurant that can do Japanese stuff. And there's actually one really close to my work. They have a pick two rolls for like $7 meal. And it's some good sushi. They make it fresh right in front of you. And fuck me, it's good. So you brought up fluffiness. And I, all I keep coming back to, is it like a fishy marshmallow? It is not. No, it's okay. fluffy like... <laughs> It's fluffy like rice is fluffy. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I did say it was on rice. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go on to... I've got two things, and one I've I, already kind of I would love to hear your things. Well, one is kind of back piggybacking off of yours, which is something that's almost raw. Because, Blake, I'm mad at you. Actually, I'm both mad and I need to apologize to you. Okay. For... I'll, let, I'll let you say it. Because 
for multiple years, you were forced to watch as your best friend in the whole world ordered his steak well done. Yes, you did. Like a fucking Neanderthal. And, like, I've kind of, I've, I've, I've kind of dipped my toe in the water. Like, sometimes I'd be like, I, I'll take it medium. Let me try medium. And then I worked my way down to medium. And then finally, your boy got medium rare. And, oh my god, it's so much better. It may also be because of, like, where I got it from, which is Logan's. Which, buddy, I'm not gonna lie. I'm starting to prefer Logan's over our old standard of Outback. Oh, oh, <laughs> Blake Tanner is uh, making the cut it out motion right now. He is not let... I'm just saying, Logan's has that onion brewski sirloin with, like, garlic butter and onions over the top. It's so good. <laughs> okay, Blake um, Blake's out. The brewski sirloin is pretty good. I'll give you that. Although, when I have that or the option of having... Another type of onion served over my steak in the form of some blooming onion petals. I can't yeah, really. That's, that's, okay, hold on. Let's cut the onions out. I will say based on steak and steak alone, Logan's may be better. It's okay, we can agree to disagree. Look, no, because, like, the blooming onion is, like, heroin. That's, like, a moment of, like, oh, I'm gonna go there no matter what, because they've got the drug that I crave. I have meaten, I have meaten any Logan steak. I have eaten many steaks from Logan's, because that's pretty much the only place my family will go, unless I can convince them to go to Outback. Yeah. So, I, they're, they're good. They're not my favorite, but they're better than most other chain-like places, like yeah. Logan's or Outback, that serve steak. But not just, not quite as good as Outback, because they got such a good spice rub on that Outback steak. Mm. They really do. Um, also, Emily gave me her half of her steak tonight, which she had already put some A1 on, and since I'm on keto, I couldn't have A1 but since she kind of slathered off most of it, I did. And, oh, buddy, I forgot how good A1 is. A1 is great. God, also, so I I can't take any of your anger at me in stride because I did tell you. You've tried in the past to get me to rare down. I think you were the first person who started to help make me dip my toe in that water. Mm-hmm. Now, for the most part... If I'm getting like a lot of steak, I'll eat it medium. But I like I like that medium rare. That's where I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, now on to my second thing, mm. and I've already talked about this on the show before, but I talked about it more as just a show and as a concept. I'm gonna bring a specific episode to the table, and it's this week's episode of RuPaul's fucking Drag Race. The Snatch Game at Sea, bitch! It was so good! I got... Uh, It carried me through this wave of emotions where I was, like, sad and then angry and then joyous. And, like, my favorite queens of the entire season, which is, of course, Miss Brooklyn Heights and Evie Oddly. They were... I'm not gonna lie. They did terrible at the Snatch Game, which is essentially the match game, but it's more just like improv and making RuPaul laugh. And also, I I did tell you this. I was watching the episode, and I went, huh, that judge looks familiar, and it's Tony Hale of Arrested Development. Yes. 
But we know him from a different thing because he's also fucking the guy who was stuck in a wheelchair for Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector. He was. We know this. And you can know this, too, if you're a patron. If you're a Patreon patron. Um, But no, I, I was very upset because they both ended up in the bottom two, even though Brooklyn had literally the most fucking amazing runway of the entire season like she came out with like an afro on and like this big robe and it looked weird and then she just pops it all off and reveals like this outfit that's just pure sex and a long blonde wig and i'm like girl yes Ooh. and then uh they had what has been referred to in the top like five if not top three lip sync battles of RuPaul Herstory and uh I've watched it at least 50 times since the episode has come out and it blew my fucking mind so much so that I'm like I want to start a RuPaul's Drag Race podcast which fun fact everyone does but I'm just like I want to let my voice be heard on this I've, so, I will support you in any way I can buddy Oh, well, hold on. I, I, love, like... I love the drag race, though, but I could not be a co-host on it. No, 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 you are, but you're not allowed to watch the show. I have to try to explain what happens to you. I don't want to do that because I haven't kept up with this season as much because I haven't had time, but I do love RuPaul's Drag Race, so I can't do that. You need to watch this lip sync. I'm going to send it to you after the show. But until then, Blake Tanner, where could people find you on the internet? At Blake A. Tana on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. That's Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A. Check out their We Suck series, We Suck At, where all of us got together and played games and sucked at them. And you can find me just gagging over Brooklyn Heights, the fucking top bitch. And on Twitter, it's Scotty Mo. That's S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. You can buy all my books on Amazon, the Queasel Corp Trilogy, BS vs. the Gods. Check all that out and check out all the other shows at a load of pure BS.com. The uh, On Fun Fiction, we recently finished our Adventure Zone episodes, and we had a very fucking emotional ending to that fanfic that we had been writing, and you really need to check that out. It's really dope. We may release, like, a super cut of the whole series, like, smushed together, like, all the fix back-to-back-to-back. But, yeah, check all of that out, ladies and gentlemen. And special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for letting us use uh, our intro and outro music. Ric Flair, from their album of the same name, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. Tom's got a great beard. He's really he's a fancy boy. He was on the show and we basically yelled at him until he gave us the gave us the fucking thing. He was very nice about it. We only had to ask once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to remember to support us. And if you can't do that monetarily, we understand uh, whether that be on our Patreon or by picking up some merch or most importantly, just leave us a review on iTunes to keep 
cranking us up the charts, or of course subscribe to our, subscribe to our YouTube channel or uh, any of the other BS Network YouTube channels. If you like Fight Boys, that just got its own brand new channel with a bunch of new shows that me and Blake are doing. And uh, of course, in addition to that, uh, I believe Fun Fiction also has its own channel. So subscribe to the entire network. But until then, remember to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS, except no substitutes, because we will see you next week.